Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taboo Talk, the podcast brought to you by Boots that ask the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Vogue Williams, and I'm being joined by two fantastic guests today to discuss hair loss, specifically different forms of alopecia. Alopecia is actually the general medical term for hair loss and as such covers lots of different types, from thinning or small patches of balding to the entire loss of all body hair. Symptoms and prognosis can vary dramatically depending on the type of hair loss and the cause. For example, stress-related hair loss can have very different symptoms and very different outcomes from genetic loss or that caused by, say, hair pulling. What is universal about it, though, is the impact hair loss can have on self-image, self-worth and confidence, particularly when societal beauty standards place such high value on thick, strong hair. And that's despite the fact that 50% of all men will experience hair loss by the time they're 50 and 50% of all women will experience thinning hair by 65. Surely it's time to tackle this taboo. And joining me to help me do just that is Natalie Lee and Jenna Robinson. Natalie is the founder of Style Me Sunday, the content platform that helps people to shed their shame. Natalie runs courses, events, hosts podcasts, and once had an orgasm on TV, all in the name of tackling taboos and smashing stigmas. She was diagnosed with frontal fibrosing alopecia in 2016 and has since made a part of her mission to normalise talking about hair loss. Joining Natalie is Jenna Robinson. Jenna, who runs a zero-waste store in Blackpool called Undo, appeared on the seventh series of Married at First Sight UK as one half of the first ever lesbian pairing. A very moving scene in the show was of Jenna telling her partner Zoe about her alopecia, Ariata. Thank you so much both for joining us. So, Natalie, we'll start with you. Um, Tell us, first of all, about your experience with alopecia. So, I started getting alopecia about maybe six or seven years ago and basically the front of my hairline started to really recede and I was just like oh that's not cool and I didn't really know what it was I was really stressed at the time um my daughter had been diagnosed with a rare genetic condition and I was thinking oh it must be just stress because a couple of my other friends have had hair loss when they're stressed and one of my friends was getting married and she started losing her hair because of all the stress of that and I was uh, but it did grow back so I was like oh it's gonna be fine I'm just gonna have to take some vitamins and it's all gonna grow back it's not a problem yeah and then I went to the doctor's and they were like, oh no, once once it goes, the hair follicles are dead and it's never growing back. And I was like, oh. What? Yeah. And then it just kind of like, it just kept progressing since then and sort of receding. And I've gone on a whole journey with diagnosis and stuff. I think what I didn't realise was that black women are more susceptible to alopecia. Something to do with the hair follicles don't ask me what because I'm not like I'm not medically trained yeah I never (laughs) knew that (laughs) but something to do with having um not as many like hair shafts or something I don't know so yeah Yeah. um and then since then I found out how common female alopecia is I didn't realize how common it was and um I started talking about it on social media and everyone yeah not everyone but loads of people started saying yeah me too so that kind of made me feel a little bit better. 
So, you, but yours progressed quite quickly then, like within six or seven years, you said it progressed quickly. But like when I talk about symptoms, there, there's no symptoms besides just your hair falling. It's not like you get like an itchy head or anything like that. It's just hair loss. It just, it just kind of falls out, does it? Mine actually is. I do get an itchy hair loss. Now I have got some hair. Yeah. You can't see it now because I've got a headscarf on, but... I've got like a a thick band of hair loss around the front. Luckily, I've got Afro hair. So like it's big and I can make it big and it kind of like hides the hair loss, except if I'm if there's like wind or anything and or I'm on a fast ride and my hair gets like pulled back. (laughs) But you said you went to visit a doctor. Did you ever go and see a specialist about it? Yes, I did. And then I got diagnosed because at first I thought it was traction alopecia, which is fairly common, especially um, because of many hair practices that are common in like the black community. We really pull our hair back and we, I, I mean, I relaxed my hair, which is when you chemically straighten it from a very yeah. young age, not me, obviously. And that really damages your hair and causes and can cause alopecia or hair loss. So you thought you had traction alopecia, but it wasn't actually traction alopecia. Yours is frontal fibrosing alopecia. Yes, I do get itching. I get kind of like little sores around my hairline. And I think that's when it's active and it is quite, it's quite annoying and quite sore so um yeah sometimes you do get symptoms Jenny you're you're nodding as well so is it the same for you yeah so but going back to um what Natalie said about thinking that it was traction alopecia I remember also blaming myself for my alopecia and trying to figure out why I had it like because I was a dancer I've been a dancer since I was three and we were in shows and we were pulling our hair back scraping it back and I was like maybe it's because We've had to do all these exams and have really tight buns in our hair. And you, you really blame yourself at first until then you get the diagnosis and then you're like, okay, you can't control it. It's not your fault. Yeah. Just try and understand it. But there's there's very little treatment out there that can help. So it's kind of something you have to learn, learn to live with then. So when were you diagnosed with alopecia? I was only 12. So I got knocked down by a car. And I think that, well, you can never really pinpoint it, but this was my experience and what I think caused it. And after telling other people, it seems that other people have have had similar experiences where alopecia has been caused by some kind of trauma. So I got knocked down by a car when I was 12 and I did like have a hit to the head, suffered a bit of concussion. And it was like a few months after that, my hair just started falling out and it was mine's alopecia areata. So it's usually just like very small patches that fall out. But mine, when I hit, I think I was about 16, 17, and then I started noticing more hair falling out. And I think it was the stress of, you know, leaving school, going to college, exams, and just life in general, being a teenager. The stress of it then made like nearly all of it fall out. So that's when I started wearing wigs. But then after about four years, it all grew back again. And then it happened again in 2018 where it all fell out because of stresses of work, stresses of life. And so you find yeah. you find yours is symptomatic towards stress. So if you're really stressed in life, that it will start happening. But amazing that yours just started growing back again. Yeah. So alopecia areata is 
the type where your hair does grow back. Totalis is where you usually lose the head hair, eyelashes, eyebrows, and it very rarely comes back. So luckily for me, mine is the type that does grow back. But when I lose it all, or nearly lose it all, I'd say about 90% of my hair, it usually takes about four years. At least that's what it did the first time. And that's kind of what I'm hoping is going to happen this time because I'm at that four-year mark now. And and some of it has started to grow back, but not all of it. So at the minute, still wearing wigs, hoping and point to be able to stop. Yeah, well, when you when you were younger, you were seventeen. Like that's a pretty difficult time. Like it's difficult for it to happen at any time in your life. But being in school yeah. and when people are so vicious at that age, like how was that? You know what? I don't think many people noticed. I think I hid it very well. Um, from the age of like twelve to seventeen, I think I only had small patches. And even though I was really self conscious, I remember just constantly fiddling with my hair. I don't think anyone noticed until it got worse when I was 17 and I was in a show and I remember having two buns on top of my head and my, and I had a bigger patch at the back and I didn't know about it because it was at the back. My friend pointed it out and she was like, do you know you've got a patch, a bald patch on the back of your head? And I was like, well, no, I didn't. Like, I didn't realise it was there at the time. Yeah. And I think like as well, the embarrassment of that kind of triggered it to happen more because then you start stressing more because you're losing your hair so then it just all just nearly fell out. But And then when I was 17, I think when it all started falling out, I'd wear a lot of hats. I kept skipping college because I didn't want to go because I was too embarrassed. But no one ever said anything. I've, I don't think I've ever had a mean comment like thrown my way because of it, like most people are just accepting. Yeah. And I think as well, when you're 17, 18, and you know, you're going through that, you know, you're just starting to dip your toe into the dating world as well. And I think that was difficult for me because I obviously wanted to explore that, but I was very scared of how a partner would receive that. But again, it's only ever been love and support, so I don't really have anything to worry about, but I still worry about it to this day. Yeah, I loved, um, I, I watched you on Married at First Sight, by the way. I love it. Um, oh. It's so good. <laughs> but I loved what your wife Zoe said about your alopecia. So there was a scene on the show and and you were going to announce it to her and she, like, she was just so good about it. How did she, how did she react? Yeah, do you know what? They, obviously, I I, should, I, I don't want to like dis-ed it, but <laughs> the epic made it seem like, I was, it was a really big build up and I was dreading it all day when actually they were like, oh, when are you going to tell her about the alopecia? And I was like, I'll tell her when it comes naturally to me. Like, it'll just come up, you know, it'll happen in conversation. Yeah. Like, it's never going to just come up in conversation. You kind of have to tell her. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll, t- I'll tell her at some point. I'm like, just chill, don't worry about it. Like, because I am very relaxed about it. Like, I don't make it a big deal. I'm just kind of like, if you accept me as me, if you don't yeah. like it, see you later. It's kind so it of a weird thing to... though to just have to bring up. Like it's not something that like, like I don't bring up random things about my appearance. By the way, like I have loads <laughs> of hair extensions in my hair, like anything like that. It's not something that probably would yeah. naturally come up. So you so you had to bring it up with her, but I did love what did. she said. She did. She was amazing and her reaction couldn't have been any better. And it was just what I needed to hear really. And then from that day, we very rarely talk about it. We even spoke the other day. She was like, do you know what? I forget you have it because we just never talk about it. Yeah. We just crack on. And I don't I don't let it take over my life that it's this big thing removing my head. It's just, oh, well, I'll 
dealt with it since I was 12, so it's just normal now for me. What about you, Natalie? Do you feel the same way? I definitely feel self-conscious of it sometimes. I think, you know, in terms of, like, how my hair is, I definitely wear it in styles where you don't necessarily see it. But then sometimes I will push myself and I'll, I'll be like, no, I'm just going to wear it back it's absolutely fine you know people do look and because your hair is a big part of your identity especially as a woman and I think you really it really does and can affect your confidence levels and stops you wearing it in certain hairstyles would you feel that though when you meet somebody you're just literally you you want to tell them or you want to hide it from them it's a good question. Do you know what? I'm just dipping into the dating scene because I've got divorced like a couple of years ago. I haven't actually dated anyone yet. I'm t- I've been I'm on I'm on apps, but um I haven't You need to get out there. <laughs> Two years. Come on. <laughs> I know. Get your feet I in. Know. But it is a it's a, it's scary. I've never I've never dated. I've met my ex when I was sixteen, and um, I know this is going off on a tangent, but <laughs> I um, I haven't dated, and I don't know what that is going to be like. You know, am I going to make a big thing about it? Like Jenna said, she she didn't really feel like it was this big massive thing, and it just came up in in conversation. I think that's probably going to be the same for me. I haven't actually got my head around it yet. And I just think, you know, if somebody can't accept me for who I am, then they're clearly not the person for me. So we'll, okay. we'll, that, I'm looking forward to that morning after the night before when they realise <laughs> that I've got this big, massive bit of hair loss. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what? You've just reminded me. That's just reminded me of something that I've not told anybody yet. On the first night of our honeymoon, me and Zoe, we um, obviously went, went, slept in the same bed. And the next morning I woke up and my wig had gone. Oh, no. And I was like, like, down. (laughs) Um, and I was, I was looking for it. It slipped off the side of the bed. It's the only time it's ever happened whilst we've been together. But I remember being worried that she woke up in the middle of the night and just seen me with a hairnet on. I was like, oh my God. I'm not you even must be a, like a master of putting a wig on if it's only ever come off once. Fair play. <laughs> I know. Well, there's some really good glue out there, which I feel like I need to tell people about on like my social media because it is really, really good. It's like it's called ghost glue or something. It's like yeah. bonding glue keeps it well stuck on but I think that night I was just like well whatever we'd have a nice bath and you know chill. <laughs> and I didn't bother sticking it on and then I woke up the next morning like damn it oh no I don't but think that would have mattered to her though do you think maybe that you guys feel worse about it because you think people will have this big opinion on it when actually they don't yeah, yeah I think you build it up a lot more and, and Zoe said to me you know she was like if your hair ever does black because my hair's starting to grow back now so it probably will all come back but then at some point in the future you know in a few years it might all come out again and I just need to make sure that if that does happen that I do feel more comfortable in myself and she was like you know if it happens again I want you to feel comfortable enough to just be with me in our house 
and you know we go to bed at night and you take it off you're not being uncomfortable in a wig all the time mm. because I do I wear them to bed yeah. because that's my that's just my level of comfort at the minute for me that's how I cope and I'm not comfortable yet to take it off unfortunately there are people out there who would happily go to the shops you know wigless uh, and with alopecia and be confident and that's amazing but unfortunately I just don't have that level of confidence not yet anyway yeah. I'm not really so worried about what everyone else thinks. I'm more concerned about what I think and how I look. I think it's a real adjustment and there is a kind of process of grief that you go through when you lose your hair and it and it's a yeah it it takes a lot to get your head around this kind of different image of yourself and when you look in the mirror you know it it, it's changed and so it's it's honestly more about me being comfortable with how I look rather than worrying about what anyone else thinks about me so much I think that it's it's like I've got to come to terms with it myself and come to a acceptance myself before I worry about other people. A lot of your work though focuses on on self-love and on acceptance and, and things like that and do you think that that has helped you on your journey? Yeah massively absolutely and you know there's a lot of shame attached to female hair loss as Jenna said we like blame ourselves for it and then there's this kind of whole beauty standard that you're not quite living up to because you haven't got this full head of luscious hair. And that's difficult. Do you know what? Very few people have, by yeah. the way, can we just say that? Yeah. When you see people with all this amazing, gorgeous hair, like it's like it's extent like I have a head full of extensions. I don't have that really long amazing hair that we all see in like Disney movies, and that's the way our hair is meant to look. It's it's just not like that. And I think that everyone is different and I love what you do around um you do something shed your shame as well and do you think that like because of of your hair loss journey and stuff like that that you wanted to start something like that like you don't want to feel shame yeah, around exactly and you know with shame it really thrives in the dark if you don't sort of like talk about it if you don't acknowledge it then it just makes that shame feel even worse. So social media has been really important for me because anything that I have felt shame around, for example, hair loss, I've started talking about it on social media, which really pushes me out of my comfort zone. And then the more sort of people relate to it, the more people say, oh, guess what? Me too. The more yeah. it gets you feeling like, actually, this is nothing to be ashamed of. This is something, you know, this is a condition that I have to live with. I don't have to feel bad about it. I, you know, I don't have to be embarrassed about it. And actually, I can still be beautiful and still be confident with hair loss. It's a real process coming to that. Yeah. And, you know, it's ongoing. It's still ongoing. But I think, yeah, just kind of showing it on social media has definitely helped me with the process. I feel like it helps a lot of people as well. Obviously, it's it's about breaking the taboos and stuff like that. And Jenna, you you doing it on national TV as well is like a really a, a brave step, but like something that is so nice for other people that are going through it. You probably didn't realise how many people were. I actually know four or five people who have it, but like it's not really spoken about, but it's not my position to speak about it. But I think that 
if you girls talk about it more, if we talk about it more, it makes other people feel more comfortable talking about it. But it must be something like, like when it first happens, does it does it have quite a negative effect on your mental health? Like how, how do you feel when it first happens? Especially for, for you, Janet, as well. Like you, you say it happens every four years. So your hair is in the process of growing back. Do you go through that yeah. whole same cycle again if it falls out? Yeah, because this was only the second time that it's fallen out that much. So... I think after it happened the first time, you don't know if it's like a pattern or what. So once it grew back and I had this full head of hair again, I could go on living my my normal life and I'd have little patches, but it was really easy to cover up. Even if I had a big patch, I'd just be like, well, at least it's not all of my hair. Yeah. And you kind of come to that acceptance. And then when it's, I remember it started to happen again and I did, it did really affect me because it like, it started in the crown and I was like, well, that's not normal what I normally get that means I I knew straight away I was like I feel like it's all going to come out again just because of where it was and then I had to yeah kind of go through those same emotions again being like okay well I've got through this once so I'm going to be able to do it again like I just need and then I think it take it took me a few months to get to that point of acceptance to just be like right okay well this is reality let's just deal with it and crack on go get myself a few wigs and have fun with it and just try and make it as lighthearted as possible. And I think going on the show has definitely helped that because as Natalie was saying, when you do put yourself out there and even if I wasn't speaking about it, me just being there as this representation of someone with alopecia on national TV that millions of people watch, I've had so many messages, especially from women and also mums who have young girls who have alopecia. And because it's not spoken about I think now they're seeing that and like it just makes them feel more comfort in knowing that they're not alone yeah so that that's amazing I think mental health wise I think it was worse for me at the very beginning in my teenage years I think I used to be a very confident kid I was into dancing and I wanted to go off to stage school and you know do all of that but that stopped me in my tracks so then my confidence levels and my self-esteem just plummeted and it took it, it took a lot of years for me to work my way back up to being confident to even start dancing again and and go on to do that. Yeah. That's not not a lot of people know that about me, but that was what I did. And I I had I ran a dance school for six years before I kind of went into my eco living side of work. <laughs> but yeah, it did it stopped me from performing. That that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to I wanted to be a dancer, and then yeah, I didn't I didn't go on to do that. So it knocked my confidence a lot. Yeah. And what about you, Natalie? How, how did it affect your mental health when it first started happening? I remember getting my hair cut really short and um, one of my kids saying that they really didn't like it because I looked like a boy. And I just... Kids are great yeah, like that, aren't really they? Yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I do remember feeling like my femininity had been kind of almost eroded slightly and I wasn't necessarily as attractive to the opposite sex um, as I was before. And I've come on like leaps and bounds since then. First of all, I don't give a fuck whether they fancy me or not now. And secondly... (laughs) It's always a great place to be. (laughs) Yes, it is. And secondly, you know, I, I see... I see gender differently. I don't feel like I have to look like a pretty girl now. You know, I've I've really mm. sort of 
come on leaps and bounds in terms of my learning and also my kids have too because we do have such a gender stereotype about what women and what men should look like and you know men are very I think baldness is so much more accepted for a man and it's just not for a woman and that's that's that was a struggle but Mentally, I don't think I suffered like hugely, except with the low self-esteem at first. I had kids, so, you know, sometimes they're really good, like, excuses to get up and get on with the day and just keep going. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was useful. But do you remember the um, incident? Was it at at the Oscars with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, who has alopecia? And then Will Smith, he punched... um, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, yeah. So Chris Rock was making a joke about um, Jada Pinkett Smith's alopecia. I never knew she had alopecia. No. Well, I did know, but I mean, I think she looks absolutely amazing with no hair. And sometimes I do think, oh, I should just shave it all off. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was, I thought that was really important for the world to see because then it really opened up the conversation on a wider scale. And I thought that was... And obviously the incident wasn't great, but I thought the conversation opening up was really useful. Yeah. I think, though, that what we don't realise is that, like, it happens to 50% of women, they, they they experience some kind of hair loss, whether it be alopecia, hair thinning. And it's the same with men. And, and I know I know you said it's, it's probably maybe less difficult for men, but, like, there's a lot of men in my life and, and they really struggle with it as well. And you just, you don't realize how much it does affect people's confidence, but there are different ways you can go about trying to, I don't know, treat it or help it. You two said that there's no real treatment, but have you ever found anything that helped at all? Yeah. because I think because I've dealt with it, how many years has it been now? 20, yeah, it's been over 20 years for me. So at first there was this real, when I was a teenager, we had this real, like urge to find a treatment and to find a solution and I'd go to the dermatologist go to the specialist and try all sorts of things and I think I just got to the point years later of realizing that my hair's going to grow back when it's ready to grow back yeah and there's none of the treatments as far as I'm aware actually worked it was just I think it was more me being in the right place mentally and when I'm, it seems to me when I'm happier and in a more comfortable position, that's when my hair starts to grow back. So there's no oils and lotions and potions. <laughs> there are, um, you were talking about like disguises and stuff like that. Maybe we could talk about that in a bit. But yeah, there's been certain things that have helped me when when my patches have been smaller, like powders that you put on your yeah. hair, which disguise. And I think it, it's it's mainly men that use that. But I used it when I had smaller patches and that made me feel 10 times better knowing that that was covered up. So I think if people can take from it that as well. That'd be really good. A little bit of eyeshadow as well sometimes mm. because eyeshadow, I, yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I don't have alopecia or anything, but like when you, after you have a baby, you lose quite a lot of hair and I used to, <laughs> my makeup be like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just filling in here. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Eyeshadow's Some a good one. <laughs> yeah. It was long day. Although you do wake up with it all on your pillows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I think there's certain things that, you know, it's it's not going to hurt you to try these things and it might make you feel more 
more confident thinking and in a more positive place like you're doing something to try and help yeah or just knowing that you know it's pro- it probably won't grow back because of those things but I mean I would never turn down a head massage from somebody just just saying okay. <laughs> how do you both feel about your alopecia name that's a really good question because you know what I haven't like sat down and really asked myself that question for a long time because yeah because it just becomes part of your life and you just get on with it and you just, you know, you do things automatically. I would, I really do want Jenna to like give me some tips on wigs because I've never, I haven't ever actually tried a wig on at all, but we'll get to that later. But um, for how do I feel about it now? When I think about it, I, I, I feel like I'm, very much at a place of acceptance and not that I wish it was here I don't wish it was here I wish I didn't have alopecia um it would it just makes life a lot easier if if I didn't especially you know just being able to just go out and not worry about it at all but it it's not it's not a huge thing in my life if I'm really honest it's really not I follow lots of people with alopecia online and I I now have normalized it I think because because I see it on my phone all the time well that's a good tip for somebody though follow people who are on the same journey as you yeah it's really good and they you know there's lots of groups out there like support groups for alopecia people with alopecia I think there's also some dating apps as well I know they were definitely in development I hope they've been actually come to fruition but yeah I think that's normalizing it is the best thing you can do and um, there's nothing like kids to help you normalize alopecia and what about you Jenna I think very similar to Natalie it sounds like we kind of cope with it quite similarly and you do just get on with life and have to accept it and I think you know it's been a long a long journey for me and my hair has started to grow back again. So I feel like I'm at this really positive place currently where I'm just like, I'm watching it grow back and I'm feeling good. And I'm just, you know, hoping that that continues and, you know, prepare myself for it to happen again in the future if it does. Because I think this is going to be something that I have, I just have to learn to live with for the rest of my life. It's never going to go away. Even if it doesn't all fall out, I'm probably going to suffer with small patches here and there. So yeah, I think... I'm I'm just in a very happy place in my life in general at the minute. I think I don't focus on that one thing. I have to focus on try to focus on everything as a whole, like Natalie said. And um, yeah, so it's it is what it is. Yeah, I was just going to add. That's not to say you know me and Jenna have been living with this for a long time. When I did get diagnosed there was a lot of tears there really was a lot of tears I remember coming out of the doctor's surgery being on the street and just in floods of tears while people walk past me thinking that I'm absolutely crazy and you know there's been many nights when I have cried it is difficult to live with and I and I want to like I want to let people know who might be at the very beginning of this journey, that it does get better, it does get easier. And it sounds like we've come down the road quite a long way, but I do remember how difficult it was 
at the beginning and in the early days and how devastating it is. Yeah, I think um, when you asked me the question, how did it feel at the time that it started happening again, that did cast my mind back to those feelings. And I tend to forget about those feelings now, but yeah, they were very much present and it is hard. And there definitely will be people out there that really struggle with it mentally. And I think maybe more support needs to be out there for this kind of thing because, you know, it, it does feel like it's not something that's spoken about enough. Yeah. And we need to speak about it more. Yeah. Especially young kids that are going through it, I think. It's, it feels scary. It feels like you're the only person in the world that's going through it. And when I did have the dance school, I had about three parents come up to me who all had children who had started suffering with alopecia because they knew that I stood with it. They came to me for wow. help and advice. Mm. And I was like blown away that three kids in my dance school all had it. I was like, what? It's like you don't realize how common it is yeah. until you really put the feelers out there. For people that are uh, at the start of it and uh, you guys are at a great place where you're at more of an acceptance, but of course it still affects you. Like what advice would you have for them like to get through the really hard early days of it? I think speak to your family about it. Make sure, you know, family for support and friends. Try to talk about your feelings openly about it. And try to have fun with it when you go wig shopping and stuff like that. I, I remember being actually a bit excited to go wig shopping. So I think if you can find somewhere where the you know the people that work there are lovely and they're going to really help you and let you spend time there and take your time to find the right one that makes you feel comfortable. I think it's about finding what makes you feel comfortable and and how you can learn to cope with it that way. Yeah, I think advice would be try and talk to people about it as much as possible. I think my first port of call was my GP. I don't think GPs are necessarily always um, as clued up about it. So if if you don't feel like you're getting the right kind of support, make sure you kind of push to go and see somebody who is a real specialist in alopecia and can give you a proper diagnosis because yeah. that's really important in terms of, you know, knowing what is in store for you. Um, and like Jenna said, just try and talk about it as much as you can. I feel like for me, I, I did bury my head in the sand when I first got it. I don't feel like I spoke enough about it. It's I just wanted to hide. And um, yeah. that's a really normal reaction. And sometimes you do have to go through that process yourself to get your head around it before you can speak and that's okay too but I think the the main thing is don't beat yourself up about it it's not your fault you're not to blame for this and um, try and get support wherever you can. I think what Natalie said following people like Natalie on social media who do speak about it openly and joining groups on Facebook who where there's thousands of people on there that suffer with it so then you have people to relate to I think that is definitely a huge thing to take from it as well yeah get the right support girls thank you so much that was a really really lovely honest and open chat and we're going to break that taboo and I think um yeah I loved it I loved having you on and I feel like I learned a lot so thank you thanks both 
And that is the perfect time to bring this episode to a close. Thank you both so much for coming on and giving such actionable advice and support to our listeners. In conclusion, hair loss does not define us. There is no single correct way to look and there is support and information available. Remember, 50% of all of us will experience some form of hair loss or thinning by the time we're 65. So you are definitely not alone. On which note, if you are worried about hair loss, please do visit your GP. Also, Boots has products and treatments available both online and in-store to help support against signs of hair loss. Feel free to come in and speak to a Boots pharmacist and please see the show notes for more details. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe because it really helps to get the word out. See you soon.